0: Harvest. I hope you've been having a great week. Here we are at the end of our first week of feasting and prayer, and beginning our second week of feasting and prayer. We had a great time on Wednesday night. Uh, I just want pre- to send out appreciation to everybody who was able to join us on Wednesday evening at seven o'clock, and this uh, Wednesday night as well at seven o'clock. Invite you all to join us. For a time of prayer and we really feel like something significant took place on Wednesday evening and i know it'll be no exception this Wednesday as we just set time aside to put God first and seek him together as a church today we're looking at close encounters of a spiritual kind part two and my theme is here i am and just as you've been in your uh, first 15 this week i hope that uh, you've just had that thought you're just presenting yourself to the Lord, here I am, Uh, just as I am. God accepts us, God loves us, God receives us, and these are important days to be renewed. And that was kind of the theme on Wednesday evening that we're renewed, our spirit man is renewed day by day, even though there's pressure around us. We lose our courage and get discouraged. God begins to put courage in our hearts that we can move forward and confront all that we need to confront in this life. This week, as we look at Close Encounters Part 2, Here I Am, uh, I just want to remind you that last week we looked at the life of Moses, and there was just an ordinary moment in Moses' life. Those of us that know the scriptures tend to put the burning bush um, as this great event, because it was a great event, but that it began as a great event. So we kind of fill out the story knowing the end of the story. But if you didn't know the end of the story, it's just a moment where God gets Moses' attention. And I encouraged you to look at those moments in your first 15 or throughout the day that I didn't notice that before. And as you lean into it and ask the Holy Spirit questions, often it can become a moment where the Lord reveals something really precious to you and will help renew you. And I experienced that uh, last week. Uh, trying to practice what I preach. And I was reading the scriptures and a scripture that I've read so many times, but something just stood out. I hadn't quite noticed it before. And I took the time to lean in and, uh, and do a little research and ask the Holy Spirit some questions. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm kind of a puddle mess on my couch as the Lord just began to pour into my heart. I don't think that would have happened had I not just taken the moment in the ordinary, first 15, just an ordinary day, an ordinary moment in my life. But something, something caught my attention. And I hope you're experiencing that as well. Well, that's what happened to Moses. And his response to God's voice is, here I am. And, and that's kind of the theme of these uh, 21 days of feasting and prayer. is we're presenting ourselves to the Lord. We're just saying, Lord, I avail myself to you. Here, here I am. As opposed to hiding from God. You say, well, how do you hide from God? And I shared a little bit of that last week, that Adam did that. If we're conscious of of sin, or we're conscious, unconscious of what Jesus did for us, then it's more about feasting and prayer, fasting and prayer time, reading, you know, an emphasis of reading. And it becomes more about presenting to the Lord our stuff, presenting to the Lord what we've done, hoping that we've gained God's approval, hoping we've done enough to please God. And Moses didn't do that. Moses simply said, here I am and stood in the presence of God. And then it's just an amazing spiritual, uh, a close encounter with spiritual kind happens. So I want to give you some more examples today of here I am and then add here I am too. (laughs) Uh, So I'm just not standing here uh, awkwardly, but I'm here to do something with the Lord. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you so much for uh, that encouragement that you brought us on Wednesday night. Many that prayed through that and maybe some this morning will even circle back and watch that for the first time and, and just discover what it is to have the courage of the Lord rise up in their spirit and renewal. Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do right now as we look at the Scriptures you encourage our hearts, Lord, as we present ourselves to you. Here I am. In Jesus' name I pray today. Everybody said amen. Hey, next week we're going to be in the room. I'm really looking forward to seeing you. I can't wait to see you. Thank you so much just for your patience as a church. We didn't have to restrict our gatherings. We were allowed uh, technically to do it, but we felt as conscientious members of our community that we would not gather during a spike of Omicron and that we would um, uh, just just kind of suspend that for two weeks as there were a lot of things being suspended. But now as they're coming back online, we're coming Uh, We're going to come back in the room as well. But thank you so much for your patience. I so appreciate that. So let's talk about Here I Am, which is really the same idea as you're presenting yourself to the Lord. Not hiding, but presenting. Presenting ourselves to the Lord. Now this scripture pops into my mind when I think about presenting myself to the Lord. Paul said in Romans 12, verse 1, Therefore... And what he's saying, collectively, all of the gift of salvation, because of all of what Jesus has done. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So let's just take a minute and pull this verse apart. And I want to do that because it's easy to read a verse from the perspective of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now that thought is kind of weird as I'm saying it. uh, It comes from last week and I would just ask you to go back and catch that thought about living in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or living in the tree of life and knowing a spiritual flow, a heart flow as we're in relationship with the Lord. Now, as it talks about this is our true and proper worship, Jesus talked about true and proper worship last week when we looked at the woman at the well. So it's not head worship, but it's heart worship as we connect spirit to spirit. And if we're going to look at this verse from the perspective of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this is how we would read it. And certainly I've read it this way before. So in in view of God's mercies, Um, we're going to offer our body a sacrifice. And that word sacrifice probably uh, really comes off the page. And then holy and pleasing to God. And that would kind of jump off the page. And so if you just look at those words by themselves, then the thought probably is that if we're going to come into God's presence, it's not just here I am. It's here I am to offer you something. Here I am to give you more work. Here I am. Oh, I'm not holy. So here I am. um, Please forgive me. uh, I've got so much sin in my life. And we kind of rehearse that over and over and over again. And we get stuck there. And so I'm trying to get holy and I want to be pleasing to God. And I'm just not quite sure that I can't be. I can't please God. He must be disappointed with me. That's probably, if you've ever had those thoughts, a good indication that you're reading the verse from the perspective of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But Paul makes the point as he starts the verse. Says, no, we're not reading it there. He says, therefore, and the therefore, remember, I said, is he spent chapters and chapters talking about the grace of God and the gift of salvation. And he says, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's mercy. So before we read the verse, he's saying, remember, I've taught you about salvation and grace. Now in view or keeping in sight God's mercy. Keep it right in front of you. Don't lose sight of God's mercy. So let's just park it right there. How? What is he talking about that we don't lose sight of God's mercy? Well, first of all, let's just talk about what mercy is. So mercy is um, that you don't get what you do deserve. You don't get what you do deserve. I was just talking with one of my sons this week, and it was funny because I was preparing this message, and he said, Dad, do you remember? And he was rehearsing this with his own children. And uh, I, I really couldn't believe, first of all, that he remembered, and it coincided, coincidentally, with me doing it, just telling you the story this week. And that was that this particular son had, uh, had clear instructions, and I had said, these are the clear consequences if you don't follow the instructions, and uh, this is what's going to happen. This is what you will deserve if you don't do this. And of course, he broke the rule. <laughs> and we were having a conversation. And I was about to meet out the consequences of his actions. And as a little boy, because I had taught him some things, he said, Dad, mercy, mercy, Dad. <laughs> and I remember bursting out uh, in laughter. And, uh, and, and he understood that he deserved the punishment. But he was asking for mercy. And mercy is not getting what you do deserve. You do deserve punishment, but mercy's given instead. And we deserved punishment from God because of our sin. The consequences of sin is death, the Bible says. And so we deserve punishment and death because of sin. But God gave us mercy in the place of punishment. Or withholding or all of the other things we can think of if somebody's mad at us uh, or angry because we've broken a rule. In view of God's mercy. What is mercy? If we're going to view it, what is mercy? I'm defining that for you right now. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 and 5 says, But God, I love that if you read it in the context of the but, it's like this, this wait a minute even though we were deservant of punishment, and even though we were deservant uh, of death, but God is so rich in mercy, and rich in mercy, and He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, in other words, the sentence was locked down. We deserved it. We're not living in eternal punishment in hell, but that was locked down. That was so. Even though we were dead because of sin, instead He gave us life when He raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So now we introduce a new word, grace. Mercy, we're viewing God's mercy. I didn't get what I do deserve. But Jesus got what I deserved. So it was given to Jesus. And then Jesus gave us eternal life because He fulfilled God's anger. He fulfilled God's wrath by presenting Himself in our place. And then we receive what we don't deserve, eternal life. And that's called grace. So in view of mercy and grace, it goes on in Ephesians chapter 2, God saved you by His grace, when you believed, and so when you said, I want to receive Jesus into my life, I want to receive eternal life, when you believe that that was done for you, and he said, you can't take credit for it, it's a gift from God. You can't earn it, you can't deserve it. Now, I'm being tedious and setting it out just like I did last week, I used a different scripture because when we're in a season of making an emphasis of reading the scripture, Prayer and fasting, we all too easily want to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, but reading it from the wrong perspective. So let's look at this. What does it mean to present myself in these days to the Lord? Here I am. What does it mean, and what does it not mean? So we're presenting ourselves. We're starting, though, before we even go, in view of God's mercy. I want to suggest that we can put this thought in its place. In view of Jesus' sacrifice. Remember, it's a sacrifice for my sin. That's that's what God gave me. He put my punishment on Jesus. So Jesus was the sacrifice. In view of Jesus' sacrifice, is how we're beginning this verse. Keep Jesus' sacrifice first and foremost as we read the rest of the verse. Will you do that with me? Here we go. I know it's tedious, but it's important. It's going to help you unlock and get the most out of these days. Here I am. I present myself to you. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, rereading that verse. Therefore, I urge you. He's urging, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of Jesus' sacrifice. I am going to change the words. Therefore, I urge you, In view, keeping in sight Jesus' sacrifice, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. If I'm presenting myself, and in some translations it says, present yourself, a living sacrifice. Here I am, a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Well, it definitely, after all of the explanation I just gave you, cannot mean that I've got to work on my work on my holiness by getting rid of my sin and thinking every 10 seconds that I'm sinning and therefore I'm not pleasing to God or I'm trying to please God and I come to him in verse 15 and the enemy whispers in my ear, you missed verse 15 yesterday. You better do 30 today. He, he, God's not pleased with you. You, you, can't even get, you can't even get consistent on your first 15 for Pete's sake. God's not pleased with you. <laughs> it doesn't mean that even though that may have happened to you this week. It doesn't mean that. God won't love you any more or any less. He loves you because He's merciful and faithful and He's given us the gift of salvation. He loves us unconditionally. Nothing you and I do can change that. So in view of Jesus' sacrifice, then what is my sacrifice? What does it mean to be, oh... A living sacrifice. See, that word is very, very, very important. And we we miss it when we read this, if we read it from the uh, um, perspective of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a living sacrifice. So it's not going to be dead. It's not going to be empty. It's not going to be religious. It's not an attempt to win God over. It's not a dead sacrifice coming out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. No, this is a living sacrifice coming out of the tree of life. This is because of Jesus' sacrifice. I'm going to have a close encounter of a spiritual kind. This is life-giving. This is the abundant life of John 10.10. I have come to give you life so whatever he's talking about I'm going to show you what it is it's got to be living it's got to be alive it's got to be life-giving and not life-sucking all right so it can't be my sacrifice if I have Jesus' sacrifice in view when I present my life here on this earth a living sacrifice I'm alive here on this earth I'm alive I'm alive in God and I'm going to give him a spiritual sacrifice, not one in my strength. Jesus took care of that. Jesus did that. So it can't, that word sacrifice isn't this one. This is the one in Hebrews. This is the one that we are to sacrifice New Testament reality, sacrificial expressions, that are the fruit of my lips, giving thanks to the Lord, Hebrews says. The sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of here I am to worship, here I am to connect with you heart to heart. Not here I am to bring you something, not here I am to earn something, but here I am to receive the benefit of the mercy of God and the grace of God. I come boldly into the throne of grace here I am to worship. And then Paul goes on to say, when you understand that when you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, you give all of yourself. All of me is here today, Lord. All of me is here today. You have all of me, a living sacrifice. Paul said, that is true and proper worship when we present all. Now here's Here's the pinch point for all of us, and that is, how do we give all of ourselves to the Lord? And we do hold some parts back, don't we? And God is saying, I gave you all. And in that relationship connection, I want you to give your all. And when we say, here I am, we're saying, I am here to give my all to you. So let's look practically at some people who did that in the Old Testament and look at some here I am statements that uh, will help us understand what does it mean to give our all or present ourselves in the here I am statement that we're celebrating in these days. And I want to talk about Samuel. Uh, And when we read the story of Samuel, we know that his mom had been barren and she said to the Lord that if you would give me a child, I will will present him um, to the, his whole life will be dedicated to service in the house of God. And so, when we read the story, it's really, really important to understand that Samuel grew up serving. Um, he every day, every day of his life was he was serving, and he was serving God, and he was serving the house of God. And that was his understanding. That's his environment, and he's thrilled with it. That's his. That's his life. Call is to practically serve the Lord. But what we learn as we read the story is that Samuel had never had a close encounter of a spiritual kind with the Lord, though he had spent his entire life serving in the house of God. That's important to know, because some of us come and say, here I am, and we immediately answer the here I am, you have all of me, by kicking into serving. And that's, it's not wrong to serve. But it would be wrong to serve if you've never had a close encounter of a spiritual kind. And Samuel actually takes his serving to a whole nother level and his serving b- begins to affect a nation and ultimately affects us to this very day because he allowed himself to have a close encounter of a spiritual kind. And he had to learn a here I am. And it's number one today. Here I am. To listen. Here I am to listen. So let's look at the story. So we pick it up in verse 4. And so Samuel, who serves, um, in the middle of the night, somewhere in the middle of the night, in the wee hours of the morning, the Lord called Samuel, and it was an audible voice that Samuel could hear as we're reading the story. And Samuel answered, Here I am. That's our that's our you know, that's our words that we're looking at. Here I am. And so he ran to Eli. Now, Eli is the chief priest in the temple, and he thinks because he's heard, Samuel, I need you, (laughs) which is what he would be accustomed to hearing from Eli. And all day long, uh, Eli would say, Samuel, do this. Samuel, do that in the name of serving in the house of God. And so he gets up in the middle of the night, and I love the phrase, he ran. I don't know about you, but when I get awoken in the middle of the night, First, I'm disoriented. First, you know, where am I? And then I kind of figure out, oh, I'm in bed. I don't get out of bed and run. Uh, I mean, I might do that, I suppose, if there was danger or fire. But somebody just calling my name? <laughs> he runs to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. So this is how it's looking. In the middle of the night, here I am reporting for duty. So eager, so willing to serve. And Eli said, I, I didn't call you. You want to serve so bad. You must be hearing things. So go and lay down. And he went and he lay, lay down. Verse six. And then the Lord called him yet again, Samuel. I don't think that God maybe yelled. <laughs> I kind of yelled. Samuel! No, just he, he, he spoke out his name. And Samuel arose and he went to Eli again. Here I am. You called me. And, and he said, I did not, my son. Go and lie down. And then verse 7 tells us what's going on. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord revealed to him. He didn't know that God was calling his name, wanting to have a close encounter of a spiritual kind with Samuel, who was given to serving. He had measured his closeness with God by serving. The Lord called Samuel a third time. (laughs) And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am. Did you call me? Probably a little frustrated this time. I love that he went all three times. This, this guy's eager. So many of us are eager to serve the Lord and bring our serving as a way to connect. And that's okay, If you've had a close encounter and you've listened and you're serving in alignment to your relationship with God. But Samuel had not even yet had a close encounter with the voice of God. Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. So Eli clues in. Oh, (laughs) I know what's going. And Eli gives these instructions. And they're instructions for you. They're instructions for me. And there are instructions for our church. And this is instruction to have an understanding of the presenting yourself to the Lord. How do I do that? Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be that if he calls you, and I love this because it's happened three times. Eli's going, maybe you missed it from a human perspective. Maybe you've missed it. Maybe he's not coming back to have this encounter with you. But if he does, you must say. You must say. It's imperative. He says it in an imperative way. You must say, speak, Lord, for your servant listens, or your servant is listening. Your servant is hearing you. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came, and he stood, and he called again. You know, if we don't quite get this in other days, we're not disqualified. I believe these are days that God wants to have a close encounter of a spiritual kind with you. I believe emphatically that God is coming in ways that you've not experienced before. And maybe you've been one so eager to serve, but maybe you've been wondering, because you can serve all day long and it fulfills something, But it will not fulfill what you were created to do and be. And that is to be one who sits in the presence of God and have God speak to you and have that close encounter. And you present yourself and you come. What is it we're here to do? I'm here, Lord, to listen to what you want to say to me. And Samuel did that. And and God said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak. I'm here to listen and God began to unfold so many crazy, wonderful things and took Samuel's serving to a whole nother level that it was becoming, it became more effectual than it had ever been before. I believe that God's calling us to listen and listen about uh, what he just desires for us. And so Samuel's response is, I'm here, you must say, I'm here to listen. In your first 15, in quiet moments, Simply say, Lord, here I am to listen. And don't be surprised that as in the quietness of those moments, that thoughts will come into your mind and and, uh, and you'll just hear what we call a small, still voice of the Lord in your spirit. Or you'll read something, it'll be so fresh to you. It'll be the Lord affirming you of His love. The Lord affirming you of what He's called you for. that, That He just thinks you're the most incredible person on planet Earth. And that's how He feels about all of us. He's for you and not against you. In view of God's mercy, He's not going to remind you of what you've done wrong. He's not going to be speaking to you about what He's disappointed in. That's not God. You will hear the voice of one who is so for you, who comes the third time and the fourth time, and five and six and, a half, and many times it takes for us to be comfortable and say, Lord, begin to speak Into my life. It means to listen with your ears, your eyes, and your heart. You're wide open, not afraid to hear what God wants to say to you. I want to share another story with you, and that is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And we know she was a young woman and and, uh, a virgin who had never been with a man. And God sends an angel to begin speaking to her about what was to happen about her carrying the Christ child, Jesus. And she's trying to get her head around it in this encounter with an angel. And, um, and the angel, it says in Luke chapter 1, the angel said her, Greetings, you are highly favored. Hi, God really loves you. Hi, I'm here to tell you that there's more grace available for your life than you can even imagine. That's the angel's greeting. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled by his words and wondered what kind of greeting is this. <laughs> I think all of us, when we really think about the Lord speaking to us, we're probably not thinking that it begins with, wow, I'm so glad you're here in verse 15. I've been waiting for you. I've waited all night for you to get up this morning and watch just sleep. I couldn't imagine that we'd have this time this morning. And, and I just love you. And there's more grace available for you today than you've even imagined. There's new mercy today for you. And I, I just want to express my love like I never have before. <laughs> Most of us would go, really? But that's how Mary was greeted. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor. You have found grace with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. Now, for you and I, it's not going to be about getting pregnant um, unless, I mean, we're not a virgin who's going to get pregnant. What a crazy miracle. Wow. But what I want to say to you is God wants to conceive in your spirit today conceive a miracle jesus began it was a he, the miracle of jesus began with mary responding I have incredible grace available to you. I have incredible favor. I want to do a miracle for you. You're gonna get pregnant even though you've never been with a man. You're gonna get pregnant in a supernatural fashion. Well, how does that translate for you and I? She asks the question, how's it gonna happen? And the angel says, for God, for with God, nothing is impossible. So think of this thought. I believe that as we come into the presence of God and we say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, the response is awesome. I have more grace than you can imagine. I have more favor than you can imagine. And I want to conceive a miracle in your spirit today. I want to do something incredible for you. I want to do a miracle that could not happen in the physical, could not happen in the ordinary events of the day. It happens because we've interacted, we've intersected, and I want you to have a miracle. And she goes, wow. And the angel says, all things with God are possible. Here's her response. And here's what I want your response and my response to be. A God of miracles, a God of miracles is speaking about the miracles into our spirit. Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left her. How do we translate that into today? what we're talking about today? Here I am to receive the word of the Lord. Here I am to be impregnated. At that moment when she said, yes, here I am to be impregnated with Jesus. She didn't understand it, but she received the miracle by saying, here I am to receive the word of the Lord. In these days, God's going to speak to you about some things He wants to do. For some of you, physical healing. For some of you, a marriage. For some of you, a job. For some of you, whatever it is that in this natural realm is absolutely impossible. By the way, that's what a miracle is. By the way, that's what God wants to do. He wants to partner with us that we become a people of the miraculous. How does it happen? A close encounter of a spiritual kind. Here I am to listen. Here I am not just to listen but to receive into my spirit and take hold of the word of the Lord of what He's speaking to you. The last one, Isaiah. Isaiah is in the presence of God and Isaiah's life has is gone in a different way. He was serving under a king that, that dies, King Uzziah. And, uh, and so with King Uzziah dying, he thought all of the plans for the nation had died as well. And so the nation's a mess. And as the prophet for that nation, uh, Isaiah is calling out to God and having his close encounter of a spiritual kind. And he has a vision of the very throne room of God. And he starts encountering God and he's speaking to God. And in that encounter, seeing the holiness of God, he's, he's aware, I, I, I mess up, God. How could you possibly, possibly be talking to me today? And God deals with that. He says, "Woe to me! I'm a man of unclean lips. Excuse me. And I live among a people of unclean lips. My eyes have experienced the Lord. One of the angels in a vision flies over to him, and and because he was a prophet, and he spoke for God, and he's realizing, how can I speak for God, or how can I even know the things of God if 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 I don't get it right? And so the the angel went over and took a coal, a burning coal, and." in the vision, singed him or changed his lips forever. Or for us understanding this said, I'm cleansing you. Let's just get this. Put this aside. I can work with you the way you are. And so the seraphim flew to me with a live coal, a burning coal in his hand. And t- he took it and tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth. And he said, see, this has touched your lips and it would have changed him forever. Your guilt is taken away, your sin atoned for. Your sin's been taken care of. So let's just get that out of the way. And so even Isaiah experienced that. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And God begins to unpack not only the miracles for Isaiah personally, But the miracle-working God saying, I want to send you to begin to do some of these miracles. Once you've experienced the miraculous, you'll have faith to do the miraculous. And God begins to share His heart of sending Isaiah the prophet to change, literally change a nation. Then I heard the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go? He didn't even say, Isaiah, I'm sending you. He simply presented in their dialogue in their close encounter, the longing of God's heart was, I desire to do the miraculous for a nation. And Isaiah said, I want to be a part of that. Here am I to do your word. Number three, here am I to be a doer of the word. As we begin to read the word of God and realize that God is speaking to us and He may bring some adjustment to our lives, some things that are in the way of us wholly standing, giving ourselves all to Him. You might have some things in your heart that you're afraid to let go of. God isn't demanding you let go of it. But He knows that we can't contain all that God has if we're going to hold on to too many things. We need to be available to Him. And these days, I believe, as we hear God Speak, we need to listen. As we're listening, we're going to hear a God who loves us, pours out his favor and grace, and wants to do the miraculous in our life. And we're going to hear a God who's going to unfold his plan that we might be the servants that notch it up like Samuel ended up by doing, to take what God is saying to a people that desperately need to hear him. As you enjoy your first 15 this week, I hope that that will help you as you come to listen and present yourself to the Lord. Here I am to hear you. Just before we dismiss the service, I want to ask if there's anybody watching today live or you've stumbled upon this video, and I'd like to say you didn't stumble upon it. I don't believe there are any coincidences in the kingdom of God. And God is speaking to you right now. He desperately wants to commune with you. He showed how all in He was for you by Jesus going and, presenting and giving Himself holy on the cross. The sacrifice for sin. If you've never received Jesus' sacrifice for your sin, then you're dead in your sin. You are separated from God. But today you can be born again. You can receive the life of God. There's nothing that you have to do. Jesus has already done it. But you have to receive and accept it personally to have a personal relationship. It's not enough to acknowledge that God so loved the world that He gave God. Um, God so loved the world that He gave Jesus. But God so loved the world, your name in that spot. And so today, if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're saying, here I am to receive Jesus, I would love to pray a prayer with you to invite Jesus in your heart. Just bow your, bow your head wherever you are right now and pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I hear today that you love me. I choose to believe that and receive your love. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sin. I receive what you did for me. I'm choosing to have a relationship with you because I hear today, you've chosen me. I receive your love. Amen. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again. We would so appreciate knowing that so we could celebrate with you. In the box text, uh, here I am. Uh, I prayed the prayer and we would love to send you a Bible and just encourage you in your new walk with Jesus. God bless you. Have an amazing week, Harvest.
1: there is no other name but the name that is jesus he who was and still is and will be through it all so come what me in the space between all the things unseen and this reckoning i know i will never be Be there'll be another in the fire standing next to me, there'll be another in the waters holding back the seas. Should I?